Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 29th of August 2010, entitled Successful Living. And the Bible reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 to 18. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. For those that have been here, I know that you were expecting a continuation in our series on we're contending for the faith, the fundamentals of the faith, and particularly, I think we're up to about Sermon 11 or 12, something like that, on the Holy Spirit. But we're going to be looking this morning at a different thought. And I've called it successful living, or if you would, how to live a successful life. And uh, I do ask you to pray this morning. I feel like this is where the Lord has taken me. I you pray for me. This is, of course, you know, I thank God that last, uh, last Sunday I was able to uh, be back in the pulpit, even if it was just to lead in the music part of the worship. Again, thankful to Steve and Peter for uh, taking the pulpit. And, uh, and I know if I, if I struggle a bit this morning, if I pause, if, if, if something like that, then uh, uh, just, just pray for me. I know that uh, my mind's, the cogs aren't turning quite as smoothly as they, they should. And, and of course, that's why that I felt uh, later in the week that it would be best to leave the sermon in our series uh, until later. Uh, I was finding it difficult to concentrate as, as, as much as I needed to. But this is a, a, a passage that was certainly uh, familiar to me and just a few uh, simple thoughts this morning uh, on how you can live truly a successful life. I'd like to begin by reading from Ephesians chapter 5, you'll find as we read this where we stop off <laughs> that it's a passage that we've been looking at in some detail as far as where it leads to, but we want to just back up from that a bit this morning. In Ephesians chapter 5, I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's holy word, beginning in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become of saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Well, this you know that no whoremonger, no unclean person nor covetous person who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatsoever doth make manifest is light. 
Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you so very much, Lord. Help us not to assume or to take lightly the wonderful privilege that we have to gather together here today. Lord, in this place has been dedicated to you for your worship, for your work. And Father, we thank you for each one that is gathered here. We thank you, Lord, that as we come together that we can have that confidence and assurance of knowing that you are here with us, that you live and dwell within each and every one that has put their faith and trust in you. And Father, we pray that as we gather here today, Lord, as we have just read from your word, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that that word would be quick and would be made alive unto each and every heart. Father, you know the hearts of each individual that is here. You know the needs better than we know them ourselves. Father, I would pray earnestly that if there be anyone here today that does not truly know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, have not experienced a new birth, have never been born again by the Spirit, we pray that this would be the day that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And Father, if there be one of your children that is here, but they're, they're walking afar off, they're not enjoying that close fellowship that you would so desire with them, we pray that this would be the day that they would be drawn near to you. And Father, for every one of your children, Lord, we pray that as you look upon each one, Lord, you know what will be faced tomorrow and through this week, through the days ahead, both near and far. We pray for your hand to be upon them, that you would speak, that you would encourage, that you would strengthen, and yes, that you would challenge that today, some way, somehow, we can all leave this place with more of Christ showing through us than when we came in, being more like our Savior than when we entered that day by day by day in our Christian life, in our Christian walk, that we can see more of Christ and less of self. May you receive all the glory and all the honor. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's interesting. I wonder if I asked you this morning, what would you consider real success? What would you consider your life needed to be to be truly a successful life? Well, if you look into the dictionary, interestingly enough, you'll find a definition for the word success that says something like this. It says a favorable or prosperous course or termination of anything attempted. So anything that we attempt in life, if we come out in the end with a favorable or a prosperous end to that, then that's considered to be a success. It goes on to say a successful person or affair. Okay, so if that be the case, what about the word successful itself? And I found this very interesting. 
It says, of persons obtaining what one desires or intends. Okay, fair enough. In other words, we set out with a goal in mind. We have something that we want to accomplish. We have somewhere that we want to get, and we get there. And that's considered successful. But I found it interesting that in our dictionaries it went on to say this, especially having reached a high degree of worldly prosperity. <laughs> and of course, it's interesting because as we look into the dictionaries, that is precisely what most of the world around us would consider successful. The more material gain that you have. I could take you somewhere, and I say this not boasting, but to give you an illustration, hopefully, that took place in my own life. Somewhere probably in the attic of our house, there's a cardboard box that's filled with quite a few really posh-looking plaques that you hang on the wall and, and, and show off to the world. <laughs> and there's all kinds of them in there for when I was in business management that states Larry Curtis, business manager of the month, Larry Curtis, business manager of the year, and all these things. And, you know, those were given to me by a huge company saying that I was the most successful business manager in the auto industry in the whole state of North Carolina. But you know why? Because of making more profit. <laughs> because of making more money. Because of being the most profitable office in the state. Now the interesting thing about that is, which comes back to what we are looking at here, is that same company or companies whose products were being sold. They literally would take everybody across the state out to these fancy meetings and they would, they would dine you and they would give you all this posh stuff and then they would teach you how to cheat and lie and just do anything that was absolutely necessary in order to make more money off of that customer. That's why they don't mean a whole lot to me from, this, from that standpoint because they said I was successful because I was making more money for the company than anybody else. But you see the testimony of that in the eyes of them. It was because of having reached a high degree of worldly prosperity. But yet, those same people had, had at one point stood and looked and said that it would be impossible for the company that I worked with to even make a profit, let alone to make more than anybody else in the state. Why? Because we refuse their cheating and their lying. Matter of fact, the company that I worked for had a great testimony. Every sales meeting began with scripture reading and, and, and somebody leading a devotion. Every auto that was sold came with the Word of God, a Bible in there with the gospel clearly in the front of it. And we made it very clear. Look, there are good products here, but if a customer buys them, he's going to know that he's buying them because that he needs them. It's not going to be something that's done under the desk so that it's just kind of snuck into his payments. Some of you right now are trying to get money back because mortgage people have snuck into your payments all these insurances that you didn't even know that you'd bought. Why? Money. To make more profit. You see, the thing that meant the most to me was not that in their eyes that I was successful in the job that I was doing. 
but that we as a company were successful in the job that we were doing, proving them completely wrong, that you could be honest, that you could glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, and that you could still do a better business than those that were out there cheating and robbing the customers. <laughs> you see, the world has one view of prosperity and success. But I'm saying to you today, our goals should be higher. Our goals should be different than what the world looks on as success. We find that success is something that doesn't just happen. Do you know that when I was in classes, college, uni, whatever you want to call it, that studying how to be a successful businessman, they taught you all these, even down to what colors to wear together, what kind of ties to wear and not to wear and all these things in order to, to look successful. All of these attitudes of mine and, and, and things that you had to, to, to keep intact if you were going to be successful. Bottom line is, in order to be successful, it wasn't going to just happen by accident. People can sit back and do absolutely nothing with their lives. People can make an absolute mess of their lives. People can set out for all kinds of means, whether it be a, a financial or enjoyment or whatever else, and do all kinds of things that are contrary to God's Word, that are contrary to what God wishes for us, yet in their own eyes believe that they're successful. But I'm saying that success will not happen by accident. And we need to grasp the fact that if we're going to have a successful life, we need to plan for a successful life. We need to have the right goals out there to have a successful life. We need to decide, first of all, where is it that we are going with our life? We find that if you look into the passage, and for the sake of time, we don't have time to look at all of it, but I want you to look down at verse 14 in our reading. We find, first of all, he says here, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. You see, if, if your life is going to be a success, there's going to be a starting point. There's going to be somewhere that it begins, that you begin that trip of truly being successful with your life. We find that if you look back into the Old Testament, to the prophet Isaiah. Look with me into Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1 says this. He says, again, that word, arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. You see, here in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is saying, Awake! Awake, you that are asleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I won't turn there and read it because most of you are familiar with it. The Bible teaches us very, very clearly there that when we become a child of God, he says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. There's a change that takes place. We are a new creation, he says to us there. We find that 
if your life is going to be a success? First of all, I'd like to ask you a very simple question. Are you concerned about your life being a success in man's eyes, or are you concerned about being a success in God's eyes? There's a huge difference, and we need to decide who it is that we most need to please with our lives. Because the Bible tells you that if you live a godly life here, you're going to suffer persecution. You're not going to please man and God at the same time. <laughs> There's no point in trying. That doesn't mean we go out trying to make everybody our enemies. But I'm saying, who is it that we want to please? And the simple truth is today, if you're going to have a successful life that's going to be pleasing, that's going to be successful in the eyes of your Creator, in the eyes of the one that puts you here, in the eyes of the one that you're accountable to, then it's going to have a starting point, and that starting point is when you come from the dead and become alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life can never be a success in the flesh, not with God. Though that with man they may write you off with all kinds of success, they may get you all kind of, of rewards and awards and things that would, that would show and say how greatly successful that you are. God says, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Do you want to have a successful life today? Do you want to truly be a success regardless of what man says, regardless of what anybody thinks? Do you want to know with absolute certainty that your life is a success, that your life is a success in the eyes of God? Then I want to say to you clearly and simply, that cannot happen unless you awake from your sleep unless you arise from the dead, which can only take place in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen a dead man accomplish anything? Well, until you come with absolute certainty to know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that doesn't happen by religion. That doesn't happen by turning over a new leaf. That doesn't happen, as a matter of fact, by anything that you can do. It comes when you realize that you're dead, that you're without hope. And you recognize that Jesus Christ is the only one that can give you that life. Sin bringeth death. There is no other way around it. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God wants you to have life. If you're going to be successful, first thing you know, you need to know that you're alive. You need to know that you've humbled yourself before God, that you've admitted that you're a sinner, that you've realized that only the blood of Jesus. Folks, don't be caught in a trap of sitting in this church or any other church anywhere, sitting there and thinking that you're okay with God. You're a good person. You might have said some little prayer somewhere. You might have done some religious things. But you can't point to a time in your life when very simply, so simple, that even these children here can understand today, you can't point to a time in your life when you simply humbled yourself as a sinner before a holy God. And you cried out for mercy because you deserved nothing. You wanted to be forgiven of your sins because sin can only bring death. And you believed and trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ. He died for your sin. He paid the price that you deserved.
He did it so you could have life. He was there in your place upon that cross. But if you'll call out to him, if you'll trust his work, forgive you. I don't care what else you've done with religion. I don't care how many times you've been baptized. I don't care how many churches that you've been members of. I don't care how many religious things that you've done. Folks, it's very simple. Until you humble yourself as a sinner from your heart, genuinely cry out to God for forgiveness based upon Jesus, you can forget your life ever amounting to anything. I don't care what you accomplish in this life. You're a dead man. You're a dead woman. You're a dead boy or girl spiritually. And you can never accomplish anything that will be success in God's eyes until you awake, until you arise from the dead. Only he can raise the dead. So we see, first of all, that a successful life doesn't just happen. It has a starting point. Even in this physical life, it has a starting point somewhere that you start preparing for that success. There's only one place to start to have a truly successful life, and that's at Calvary. That's at the foot of that cross that we sing about earlier where Jesus Christ died for you. But not only does success depend upon a successful start, but it depends upon a successful image. I mean, even in this world, you know, you look at somebody many times and you can tell by how expensive their clothes are by how expensive the automobile is that they're driving, how expensive and beautiful the house is that they live in. We can decide that they're successful because a certain image is being presented. And they present that image of success. You know, every one of us, every one of us presents some kind of an image. People see something in us when they look at us. What do they see? The people you're with every day, the people you live with in your home, the people that live next door to you, the people you go to school with, the people that you work with, what kind of image do they see when they look at you? Notice what he says here in verse 15. See then, see after you've risen from the dead, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. First step in being successful is, is life. Come alive in Christ. Then we begin that walk. And he says that we need to walk circumspectly. Now, what does that word circumspectly mean? Well, it really means, if you would, to walk accurately. To walk precisely with great care. Now, it wasn't because I had had anything to drink, folks, I promise you. <laughs> but when we were in Greece doing the wedding for Panos and Amber, it was one night late that I was running some of the youngsters back and forth from somewhere to, to do something, and suddenly I was pulled over by a police stop. And I hadn't, I hadn't had this done to me since I was quite young. But basically, they had me out there to see if I could walk circumspectly along that white line <laughs> to see if I could keep my balance while walking that white line and then had me blowing into this tube. And it was almost like, you know, they were shocked when nothing showed up, you know. <laughs> but the truth is, 
is that's, that's what this word here really means, is that we need to walk very accurately, very precisely, very carefully with where we're placing our feet, with where we're going, with what we are doing. We find that as we look at this, that he says and compares it with, you know, not to walk as fools, but to walk as wise. Now, many times fools, and if you're here as an unbeliever, I can't really apologize because the Bible says that it's a fool that says that there is no God. Many times unbelievers are called fools in the Word of God simply because of their foolish thinking. They're not comprehending the faith that's before them. They've got life before them, and yet they're refusing it and rejecting it, a very foolish thing to choose death over life. Believers are expected to avoid acting like fools once they become Christians. If you turn back just a a few pages in your Bible to Galatians chapter 3, notice what he says here in verses 1 to 3. He says, speaking to the church at Galatia, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Now here, he's not talking about someone that's just being foolish as an unbeliever. We've already said, if you're going to be successful... The first step, the first step, no, no question about it, is to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we're talking about those that have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as Christians, we need to walk circumspectly, very carefully, very accurately. He's writing to the church at Galatia here, and he's talking to believers, and he's telling them they're foolish. Why? Because they have begun their walk properly. But somewhere along the line, rather than walking in the Spirit, which we've been talking about for weeks, the importance, the necessity, if a child of God is going to be successful, if he's going to be able to walk circumspectly, if he's going to be able to present the image of of Jesus Christ himself through his life, which is the purpose of the Spirit being sent, he's got to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the flesh. If you would hear, he's saying, if you're foolish enough as a Christian to still walk in the flesh, then you're not going to be a success. You've got to walk in the Spirit. He says, you know this. You were there. What's, what's, what's got you off track? And I've said many times, and I'm not going to dwell there this morning, I am convinced with everything within me that it is beyond our comprehension Folks, I don't believe even in this congregation here this morning, not because of your ignorance, not because of my ignorance even, though it may be great. We can't even begin to comprehend what God could do even with a congregation like this that was truly walking circumspectly in the Spirit. That the Lord really had control of our lives. 
that your success wasn't looking down the road at what you want of what's going to be considered because you see it is you're going to set goals with your life you're going to head somewhere with your life where are you going as a Christian where are you heading with your life do we want to please God and first of all you need to belong to God secondly you need to be very careful how you walk that you walk circumspectly, very carefully. We've talked about this whole thing of how that it is impossible to have the Holy Spirit controlling your life and it not affect the way you live, the way you walk. There's no way that you'll ever obey God's command to live holy as He is holy unless it's the Spirit that's in control. How can you have Every one of you here today, whatever the world thinks, put it aside, doesn't matter. Every human being in this place today can have a successful life. You can be a success. First of all, if you'll start at the cross, if you'll start with the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll know without a shadow of a doubt that you're on the right path anyway, and secondly, if you'll walk circumspectly, if people see the right image in your life, are they seeing you in the flesh? Or in the Spirit, are they seeing Jesus Christ through you? They're going to see something. I'm saying if you really want your life to be a success, they must see Christ in you. You're going to present some kind of an image. What image are they seeing? You see, in order to walk circumspectly, not to walk as fools as the Galatians were, in the flesh rather than the spirit, but to walk wisely. That takes some commitment, folks. Commitment scares a lot of people. <laughs> they like to kind of just take each day as it comes and not worry about it and have absolutely no commitments whatsoever. Look in, in Psalm 37, if you would. Well, I'm saying to you, 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 can, you know, you've got the right to live your life any way you want to. But do you want to be a success with your life? You want your life to truly be a successful life. In Psalm 37, notice what he says in verse 4 and 5. He says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Wow. You see, it's sort of a, a threefold trust here, if I could just sum it up for you. Some people fail because of their past. Well, if you've done as we've seen here already, if you've come to the foot of the cross, if you've come there and your sins are forgiven, then my, may I say that as far as God's concerned, your past doesn't exist any longer. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> It's covered by the blood, praise God. God couldn't give us any greater illustration. You can't get any farther than the east is from the west because, folks, it never stops. It's infinity in every direction into a, a sea of forgetfulness that can never be remembered again. You see, you've got to know that your past has been dealt with. And you've got to put your past behind you. And if it was a sinful past, then it needs to be forgiven. If you're a Christian and you've had all these great intentions, but you've never, pardon me, you've never mounted anything with your Christian life, really. <laughs> never really accomplished anything. 
How many people are in the kingdom today because of your life, because of the Christ they've seen in you? How many people's lives have been touched because of you? I'm not trying to get you to count numbers this morning. I'm just saying, where's our, where's our life headed? Has it started from the right place? Is it even going in the right direction? It's going to require some commitment. The fact is, is that you need to put your past behind you. Make sure your sins are under the blood. Make sure they're gone. Doesn't matter how many times you failed. You know, one of the amazing things, and I could give you illustration after illustration after illustration this morning, even in the world's eyes, some of the most successful men have also been the same people that have had more failures than anybody else. I could point you to many of the largest businesses out there that the owners of those businesses, they failed time and time and time again, but they kept getting back up and they kept going back out there. Maybe you have failed in your Christian life. Maybe it hasn't been what it ought to be, but I'm saying in the Lord Jesus Christ, put it behind you. God says he will. He said if you'll confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can stand before God holy today in the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God. Commitment. Put your past behind you. Don't keep stumbling over it. Don't keep letting it come up and haunt you. The devil wants to haunt you with it. The devil wants to show you what a failure that you are. I'm saying you can be the greatest success that could possibly ever be if your life is a success in the eyes of God because God does with you what he wants to do with you. Don't get trapped. If you're going to be a success, you need a successful story. You need a successful image. You need some successful commitment. <laughs> you need to make some commitments to pass behind you. But just as surely, you know what will keep you from falling back on that past? You need to be secure in the present where you are right now. Where is your security right now? Everybody likes security. Kind of hard to move forward if, you know, in this world, if you don't know, they're going to come pick your car up because you can't make the payments on it. They're going to kick you out of the house because you can't make payments on it. You don't know where, you know, this is coming from and that and all these other things. We need security. But, folks, our security is not in how much money is in the bank. We can absolutely have all those financial details taken care of. Your security is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are secure right now. Why? Take your confidence in Him because you know that you are in Him. And that if He takes your life and if He does with it what He wants to it, it can't fail. Don't start trying to figure it all out yourself. Forget about your failures. Put your sins behind you. And be secure in the present right now where you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him. And as you look to the future, the world offers us a lot of hope, doesn't it? You look around us, we can hope because that we have such godly people in politics over us. We can hope because that the church which Jesus Christ died for is so strong and holy and powerful in presenting Jesus to this world in such a fantastic way. Hope. Because the economy is so fantastic. 
I mean, everybody's doing financially better than they ever have in their life, and no worries whatsoever. Well, the truth is, we hope in this world. We've got a pretty hopeless hope. There's not much to hope for around us. I got news for you. Don't worry, it'll get worse. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's going to get a whole lot worse. <laughs> but you know what? You're not dependent. You're not dependent upon the politics. You're not dependent upon the economics. You're not dependent upon the spirituality of the world around you. Your hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where your future's at. Hey, you know, God told us, open your eyes, look around you. You're going to know that the end is coming when you see these things. I'm saying rejoice today, Christian. The end draweth nigh. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy around us, but you're secure in Him and your hope for the future is in the Lord Jesus Christ because He's promised to bring you through whatever comes. He's the one that's promised that He's got a, a home for you that's, that's beyond this world, that's, that's without sin. He's the one that's promised that you've got a new body that won't have all those aches and pains and all the things that trouble it. You see, I'm saying today, Folks, you'll never be a success if you haven't started with Jesus. You'll never be a success unless you're walking in Him, circumspectly, in His power, in His control. You'll never be a success unless you're willing to make some commitments putting your sin behind you, putting your failures behind you, taking your security right now, not in anything that the world can give you security in, but in Jesus Christ himself, his promises. Boy, we could begin to go through his promises, and we could be here till next Sunday and still be going, praise God. Didn't hear any amens. <laughs> Didn't say we would. We could. <laughs> and, of course, it takes commitment because your future is hopeful, because your future's in Him. Success. It's going to take some commitment. It's also going to take, and I've got to move quick now, verse 16 says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. The days are evil. You see, what he's really saying, folks, is <laughs> you've got to make the most of the time that He's given you. you got to make the most of what He's given you right now. Not just to waste it. Not just to spend it. But to use it, praise God. We Yes, we live in an evil, dark world. But we need to use the time that we've got here to be the light, to be the salt that He's placed us to be here. We need to be fulfilling God's purpose for our lives. Somebody's got to be here in those last days. Somebody's going to be here when the trumpet sounds, praise God. Maybe you. Maybe me. Truth is, we've got to be willing to persevere. Not only take some commitment, it takes some perseverance if we're going to redeem the time as we ought to. 
Notice with me in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14 says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the, notice those next word, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What a high calling that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make the most of our time that we have, redeeming that time, using that time for His glory. You can never gain back. you got to forget what you did. Maybe you have wasted your life to this point, but you don't have to waste the rest of it. He says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Folks, don't let the evil around you get you down and discourage you and make you fearful. Let it make you want to charge and do something and, and let God make a difference through you because you can be a success. You can, by your commitment to Him and your perseverance to, to hang in there with Him and making every moment count, you can make a difference. You can be a success. Past failures and shortcomings, don't let them be a discouragement to you. You've got a goal in view, the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. You know, the world can never give you such a goal. The high calling that you have in Christ Jesus. And I believe that with this verse, we see that there's, there's a bit of urgency to it. Maybe the Lord brought me to some of these thoughts. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing when you lay in there in the hospital like I was week before last. A lot of things go through your mind. When something happens that we're not expecting, whether it's a mini stroke, heart attack, Brother Mick. <laughs> Many of you have had things that have just surprised you in your life. Makes you think, you know what? Life is short. Life is short. I don't, I don't care what age you are today. I don't care what age you live to. Man, life is short. What are we going to do with it? There's too many wasted lives. I'm saying, forget the world's view. If you want your life to be a success with God, you can get caught up in all the world's trappings, and it's so easy to happen. And you've got all these ideas and all these views and all these goals that are out there, but yet, do you really want to be a success? There's a certain urgency. I mean, we need to put everything that we've got into it. We find that back in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, and verse 10, he says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy mind. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. <laughs> Whatever it is that you can do today, do it with all your might. 
Because once this life is gone, you'll never be able to do it. I won't turn there to read it. Most of you are familiar. Colossians 3.23. We sing the song sometimes, little is much when God is in it. <laughs> little is much when God is in it. Don't worry. Listen, you've you got to grasp this too, and it's important. And I know most of you have heard me say it before. Your success is not compared upon how you compare with somebody else. It's not compared upon how you compare with anybody else. Compared upon whether or not. Yes, the only comparison that matters is the Lord Jesus Christ. What does he want to do with your life? Where does he want to take you? I want to give you this final verse in closing. Verse 17 says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Wow. Don't be unwise. You want to be a success? You need to know what the will of God is for your life. Preacher, boy, that's hard. I know it's hard. You know, one of the toughest things as a Christian is being able to tell the difference between your will and God's will sometimes. <laughs> you can want to do some things pretty bad. And I mean to tell you, you can convince yourself that that's God's will for your life. <laughs> you can convince yourself that's where God wants you to go. That's what God wants you to do. How much time? How much time have you spent on your knees truly? Seeking God's will. Knowing God's will. It's not a thing of magic. You need to spend time with him, folks. You know, we, we, we hear these things all the time. How much time have you spent with God in complete surrender? God, spend time in his word and, and, and truly God, say to me, show me what you want. Spend time on your face, on your knees before God, praying to him, communicating with him, letting him have control Complete surrender, as we often sing. You need to know what God's will is for your life. God, what do you want to do? Most people are afraid, understandably. They're afraid of what God might want to do with or where my God might want to do with them. And his plan may not fit in their plan at all. <laughs> Don't be unwise, he says here, though. Know what God's will is. You see, if you're going to be successful, you're going to need some encouragement along the way. That's, that's part of why we're here together this morning. You know, it's interesting. How many times have I said to you lately, if we want to really be a church that God can use, then don't come in here on Sunday trying to figure out what you get because of what you need. You come to give to somebody else, to encourage someone else, to be a blessing to someone else. You think it's coincidence the same, in the same verse when he says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Many people are forgetting that. But he goes on to say, but exhorting one another. And what? And all the more as you see the day approaching. Things are getting tougher, harder. We need to be encouraging and building each other up in the faith. Your greatest encouragement is knowing that God understands he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows every ability you've got. He knows every limitation that you've got. He knows what he can do with you and what he can't. And he's the most gracious 
and loving Father in all the world. He loves you. He's not going to send you down a path that's going to hurt you, that's going to harm you. You need His Word, through His Spirit. You need to know God's will for your life. And if you don't, can I encourage you today, if you want your life to be a success and you've made it all the way up to here but you just don't really know what God wants to do, may I say, please, doesn't matter if it takes a day or a week or a month, get on your face before God and find out what God wants to do with your life. Be a real success. Not just in the eyes of men where that you've collected all these material goods, but in the eyes of your Creator, in the eyes of God. Let Him take and mold you and make you and do with you what He wants to do. That means giving up some things. That means committing to some things. We find here that He tells us we need to understand the will of the Lord. He's a God of order. He's a God that's not going to leave you in a chaotic mess. <laughs> I know. You know where the confusion comes sometimes? It's not God that brings the confusion into our lives. It's we that bring the confusion in. We can know the mind of Christ, the Bible says. You can know exactly what God wants for you. I just want to encourage you today. You see, if you're here, you really want to be a success. You want to have a successful life. You want to know when you get to the end that you've been successful. That something has been accomplished with your life. Well, first of all, you need to make sure that you get started at the right place. You can only start with Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know how many ways I could say it, but I want to say to you this morning, that if you don't have that certainty of knowing with your life, before you leave here today, you can. Will you come and see us? Will you let us take God's Word? Will you let us show you how you can become a Christian? You can know that today. And if you're going to be a success, you need to know that. But then as a Christian, you need to walk very carefully, circumspectly. You need to be careful. And the only way you can do that is by walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. You've got We've been looking at it. We'll be looking at some more about it. You must be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit if there's any hope of walking the kind of life that allows Christ to be seen in your life instead of you. Commitment, perseverance, urgency, encouragement, order. These are all just steps. There's, there's, I'm not waving a magic wand here today. I'm trying to show you there is a way for you to live a successful life. You need to start with Jesus Christ. You need to walk in the Spirit and walk with Him. You need to be surrendered to what He wants for your life, forgetting your failures, taking all of your security, all of your hope in Jesus Christ and what He is and who He is and where He's taking you, praise God. You need to find out if you don't know, you need to find out with certainty what God wants to do with your life. That's where you'll get that peace that passeth all understanding, <laughs> that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are, doesn't matter what everything around us is doing. 
you can be a success. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, as we've stumbled through these verses with just some simple thoughts, Lord, very simple thoughts that you were dealing with us about. And Lord, even coming up to where that we find that the very, the very next verse in here tells us that, Lord, we've been looking at for some weeks, be not drunk with wine, we're in his excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And Father, we recognize today that that's such a need. But Lord, I pray today that first of all that you would show whoever's here today that no matter what has happened in their lives, no matter what sins have been committed, no matter where they've been or what they've done, those sins can be forgiven today in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would show each one that maybe they're a Christian, but Lord, they've been stumbling around with their lives and Lord, no real progress, not the progress you would have them made has been made. Maybe here today they need to make some fresh commitments. They need to do something with their lives. They can find out what you want to do and where you want to go with it. Lord, I pray these simple things that we've looked at in these verses can be both an encouragement that everyone here knows they can be a success, but their success is based in you. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each heart as only you can. Make that relevant to them. That again, somehow, Lord, our lives would not just hear words today, but our lives would be changed by your word and the power of your spirit. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.